For some reason, when I lived in Mississippi, we had this big um, bamboo patch, I guess you could call it, in our backyard. And I got all of the neighborhood kids together. Oh, shit. And gave them all a different knife out of my mom's kitchen. Oh, God. And set them to task, whacking off bamboo poles (laughs) so that we can, like, make cool shit out of them. You know, like, put up poles for, like, a fort or something. And then... Yeah. Why did Johnny Bear get the fucking meat cleaver and cleave himself in the ankle bone? Oh, fuck. Could you see bone? Yes. Oh! You can see it. You can see where it split the white of his ankle bone. And then because I was the oldest and I was responsible for the other kids and should have probably fucking known better, I had to be the one to dress his wound. Oh, shit. And then he picks up his meat cleaver and goes right back to hacking at the fucking bamboo. Oh, God. (laughs) My mom was so fucking pissed when she got home. That was probably like... The most trouble I've ever been in in my oh, life. Oh, fuck. It was bad. <laughs> Fucking Johnny Bear was always doing like crazy shit like that, though. Like, he climbed up into a tree once. Yeah. And like, put his butt cheeks like in between these two branches and just took a shit out of the tree. Oh. Like, while me and my brother were standing there watching. I don't know why, <laughs> but weird. whenever I was a kid, like, I was always friends with the weird poopers. Like, my best <laughs> friend on my street. His mom didn't let him wear underwear because he was always like pooping. He just had this poop thing and he would poop in people's yards. Like, you know, we lived on like this Maybe long he street. He was a doggy. I kind of, I mean, we lived on Yellow Horse Drive and he would like go behind people's gas meters in their front yards and just poop, just drop one. And then like wouldn't wipe or anything. He just fucking just kind of le- let it chill. And then <laughs> I was friends with the kid that pooped in people's yards and the only white kid on the street, like when I when I lived on Yellow Horse Drive. And we were just this like ragtag crew of just like weird fucking kids. I dressed up like Batman and would like run around the network of fucking drainage ditches. I had cardboard ears taped to like a flea market ninja mask and like a fucking, uh, what do you call that? A trench coat. It was like a black trench coat and I just buttoned up the top. But no, I was like this fucking res Batman oh, fucking wow. running around the fucking Drano. <laughs> And I, oh, I was badass. So there was like, you know, the weird costume kid, the kid that pooped in people's yards, and then the only white kid. And we were all listening to like MC Hammer and Bell Biv DeVoe and shit, you know. What the fuck? Yeah, we were weird kids. And then the fucking neighbor kids down the street had to introduce us to Two Life Crew. So, and then I was, uh, when I lived in Stillwater, which was like, you know, maybe 30 minutes away from Pawnee, it was like my first introduction to like white society at large. Cause I mean, there were white kids at my school, but I didn't live in like a white town until like, you know, I was like nine Mm -hmm. and I was like, what the fuck? It was like culture shock. And I met this hippie kid named Ira. Like his dad was like, you know, straight up hippie. And then here was like, you know, this kid wearing like, he looked like Polly Shore, except he was, (laughs) he had long stringy blonde hair instead of Polly Shore hair, but that's how he dressed. And he was like, my age he was like 10 and so yeah so we like i went over to his house once and like he introduced me to shrimp on pizza like the first time i i saw pineapple and ham on pizza i was like what the fuck this is it freaked me out and then like the first time i saw pineapple ham and then i saw shrimp on pizza like what the fuck is going on in stillwater oklahoma (laughs) 
and who's this kid? So I'm walking with this kid. We're going exploring in the fucking woods and shit. And he's got survival shit with him. He's got fucking jelly beans. He's got beef jerky. He's got a couple <laughs> cans of Pepsi. And then he had fucking toilet paper. So this kid was like, you know, we were ready to do some shit. So as we're walking around in the woods, kid has to take a dump. So he's like, you know, we're in this wooded area. Like we're like on top of this hill. He just drops trowel and just dookies down the fucking hill. And it's just tumbling down, you know, and he just... <laughs> It was just kind of funny. I'd never seen just someone drop trowel and just tumble dookies down a hill. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. I was like, Who's this kid, man. Oh but I, w- I don't know why I've always been friends with the weird poopers. Hi, my name is Sabrina, and Matt wants me to do some dumb Team Rocket intro, and I don't want to fucking do it. And this is Matt, and Sabrina just hates fun. And And this this is is Sumo Punks. Rude. (laughs) I don't hate fun. I just think it's fucking stupid. <laughs> it is. I'm not going to be Team Rocket. Okay, what's your favorite Pokemon? Uh, I don't know. Blastoise. <laughs> that was you this morning. God. <laughs> you have to call me out like that. <laughs> In front of like all 12 of our listeners. <laughs> anyway, sorry we didn't put out an episode episode we didn't put out an episode last week we had some things happening yeah matt had a mawashi mishap and (laughs) and a knee injury yeah and the knee injury and shit shit's just been wild but yeah the mawashi mishap it makes it sound like i pooped on myself (laughs) or something it wasn't even that bad Oh my god, you guys, Matt did the the verboten thing, the thing that you're not supposed to do. That's what the pros aren't supposed to do. With the mawashi. I washed it. He washed the mawashi. All right, so check this out. I hadn't washed that. You don't wash the mawashi? I had it for a year and didn't wash it. It was covered with some good fry bread grease and some like pinto beans, a little bit of peanut butter and jelly. (laughs) Fucking, there was like ass and balls caked in there. And I think that might have been the issue is because like it gave me this huge boil like in the top of my butt crack. It was gnarly. I know, I thought. It was so gnarly. I have seen worse boils on worse butt cracks. Oh, man. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. And it's already healed up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is already healed up. But I'm sensitive, damn it. And I didn't want to have to be dealing with that giant boil in my ass crack. But what did I say? What did I say when you first got the mawashi? What did I say? That I'll probably end up having to wash it? Yes, I did, didn't I? God I said, damn. you know what? You should wash that thing. You were like, they don't wash their mawashis in the pros. I don't have to wash my mawashi because they don't wash their mawashis. And well, what happens? Man, you get some sort of boil like this in your ass crack. It's going to be changing your mind. Pretty motivating, huh? Yeah, very motivating. <laughs> 
But it's healing up nicely. I, I didn't use any detergent on the mawashi, though. I just used some baking soda. Well, still, that's good. That'll kill, yeah. kill the bacteria. It's, it shrank stuff. a little bit, but not a whole well, lot. Well, so did you. You shrank a, a lot. I was about to say, is like I don't have to compensate so much with that mawashi whenever I fold it and everything and put it on. So it's, it worked out. Yeah, true. Well, I'm sure our 12 listeners didn't <laughs> come here to listen to you talk about your ass crack. Yes, they did. Because as the as the <laughs> title suggests, this episode we are covering week 1 of the Natsu Basho 2022. And coincidentally, there is a lunar eclipse going on tonight. This is day nine of the Basho that we're recording this. There is a lunar eclipse. The whole Basho up to this point has been fucking pandemonium. An absolute riot of Rikshi rallying for the top. Would you call it lunacy? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, because if you believe in stuff like that, you know, maybe the the movement of the planets is going to uh, shoot some cosmic energy onto this tournament and then make someone fucking weird like Aoyama win or some shit. It's either going to be Aoyama, Sadana Umi, or I don't know. It, that you was kind of some... Radanumi? Radana Umi. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a wild fucking ride up to this point. We couldn't believe what's happened for the last eight days. Jaw dropping. It's really anybody's fucking game at this point. Yeah. But before we get into which bouts we thought were the most notable, the most interesting, the most exciting. Let's go ahead and just do a quick recap of who we have for our Fantasy Sumo. That's right, our Fantasy Sumo picks. So if you guys remember from last episode, my Fantasy Sumo picks were as follows. Yokozuna, Terano Fuji, Ozeki, Shodai, Sekiwaki, Abi, Komusubi, Hoshoryu. Maegashira 1 through 5, Kiribayama, Maegashira 6 through 11, Wakamoto Haru, and Maegashira 12 through 17, Oho. Who do you got? Uh, well, nothing as solid. <laughs> <sighs> okay. <Nice. laughs> Edit that out. No. <laughs> okay, so my picks are Yokozuna, Terano Fuji, because of course, mm-hmm. Ozeki, Metakeyumi, Sekiwaki Wakitaka Kage. I'm just going to say that again because it's fun. Sekiwaki waka taka kage. Sekiwaki waka bukake kage. Wait. Waka flocka seagulls. <laughs> and then Komasubi Daisho and Maegashira 1 through 5 Takayasu. You're letting me down. I know. What the fuck's up with him? I know. Maegashira 6 through 11 Tochinoshin and Maegashira 12 through 17 Midori Fuji. All right. Now we're going to take a look at some of the more exciting and notable bouts from our guys. But first, let's go ahead and check in with them Jurio boys we Jurio love so boys. much. Mr. Chubby Cheek Satami Fuji <laughs> and Rabid Squirrel Inho. <laughs> Very apt. <laughs> okay, so Jurio for my ditty. I have a Tommy Fuji. So day one versus Shohozan. It was 
over pretty quickly. Shohozan goes right for the face, right off the Tachiai, but Atami Fuji is completely unfazed and just bulldozes his ass right out of the ring. He seriously just looked like he just, just a plow of meat pushing a big old pile of Shohozan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, day two versus Harada Umi. I don't know which Tokayama does Harada Umi's chonmage, but it looks like a little plastic helmet. I think he's just got really thick hair. Yeah. I, I think I, that's what it is. I don't know, but Atami Fuji looks a little nervous. He was burying his face in his towel before the ballot. I'm, I'm starting to think that's like his thing, kind of like how Takayasu has a shrug. I think Atami Fuji just buries his face in his towel for a second. But um, he took some time slapping his belt before getting down to position. He was he was getting ready. He did wipe the floor with Shohozan just yesterday, so... Hoping for a repeat, Hirata Umi started the Tachiai with the Norawa attack and Atami Fuji went probing for a belt grip. Hira scored a deep outside left and had Atami Fuji torqued all the way to his right side. Keeping him at that angle allowed him to force Atami back to the bells and threw him out for Yori Taoshi victory. Other than that, he had some pretty standard sumo uh, during the rest good of the sumo, week. Just really good sumo. Not necessarily anything notable or exciting, but, you know, he won a lot of his bouts. Uh, it was just very standard, yeah. Yeah, but it was it was fucking great. I love watching it. I love watching that boy succeed. So he ends week one with a score of six and two. Yep, he uh, day eight, he went up against Kaisei, uh, which is the last bout that we saw. Uh, Kaisei's looking like a fucking octopus Jesus, with really all those is. cupping bruises on him. Uh, apparently it's not doing him a damn lick of good, though, because Tommy Fuji was able to just kind of hump him right out. Those bunny humps. Yeah. <laughs> well, our other guy in Ho, let's go ahead and take a look at what's been going on with him for week one. So day one, he goes up against Yago, which <laughs> I, I like calling Shrek because he kind of looks like Shrek. <laughs> You know, I've never seen those movies. The oh, Shrek my movies. God. You need to hang never out with my dad. I've never seen a single fucking Shrek movie. <laughs> I don't even know what they're about. They're about Shrek. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, fucking Yago is like twice the size of Inho. So Inho is around, uh, he's like 220 pounds. And then Yago is like almost 400 fucking pounds. Yeah. So that's a big fucking difference. You could really tell that Inho was a bit nervous in this fight because he started off with a mata, like a false start. But at the Tachiai, he is able to stay low, even though Yago got him by the neck at first. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, we're good. The electricity just went out. It did. <laughs> All right. Well, let's fucking keep going. Hey, that's the fucking weird energy of the goddamn eclipse. <laughs> All right. Where was I? Oh, oh shit. It did it again. Pause. Maybe we should stop for now. Yeah. All right. That was kind of freaky. So That was so weird. This freak storm just popped up out of fucking nowhere. Seriously, 20% chance of rain, and then it turns into a full-blown thunderstorm. And then it knocks out our electricity. But anyway. Yeah, we're uh, back. <laughs> weird fucking energy tonight. For real. Yeah, just it, all around. We got the eclipse thing going on. We got the fucking... Midpoint of the Basho. Yeah, fucking... Shit's lining up. Yeah, it's just... Anyway, before the rude interruption by Mother Nature, we were talking about Inho on day one going up against Yago. So, as we last left off, uh, Yago had gotten Inho by the neck, uh, right off the Tachiai. 
They dance around the ring a little bit, Inho all the while staying very low, keeping his head in Yago's chest and pulling down at every part of Yago that he can reach, just chipping away at his balance until he was finally able to lock onto an arm and pull the giant down to his knees. Really excellent sumo. That was really fucking cool to watch. That was just badass. Fuck yeah. And then... Another notable bout for Inho was day three when he goes up against Dayamami. So at the Tachiai, Inho is able to slip right under Dayamami's arm to try and capture his side, but Dayamami is too quick and turns around to meet him head on. These boys go at it like a couple of fucking Rottweilers. <laughs> like they're playing tug of war or something. Well, okay, maybe like a Rottweiler and like a little terrier or something. <laughs> I mean, Diamami has almost 200 fucking pounds on yeah. Inho. It's like two of him. Yeah, yeah, it's like two Inhos. It really is. But, you know, Inho is able to get a hold of Diamami's Mawashi, pull him down to the clay. Shitate Dashinage? Shitate Dashinage. Yep. Shitate Dashinage win for Inho. Just fucking slaying giants as usual. You know, another day at the office. No big deal. Next day, day four, he goes up against Dai Shouho. Inho hinkas at the Tachiai. One of my favorite moves. (laughs) But Dai Shouho still manages to lock him up head on. Inho then is able to get like a deep inside grip and he does not let go of that shit he stays low he stays clamped and then he twists down daishouho shitate hineri victory for inho but then oh damn day six versus kaisho this shit was fucking gnarly inho tries to do another hinka He hops up like a goddamn jackrabbit, but Kaisho ain't having none of that shit. (laughs) He actually grabs Inho by the legs mid-Hinka while Inho is still in the air and like half carries, half pushes him out. And this is why I say the Hinka is not a bullshit move because... You have to be prepared for fucking anything. And Kaisho really showed how it's done in this match. I don't know, man. Just watch out for Chiyoshoma. <laughs> so those are the guys we've been watching for Jurio so far. There's a few others that are coming up that we might start watching a little more closely. But since we have so much to cover in Makuchi, we really just wanted it to keep it to like our two favorite guys. Yeah. And Inho did end the week out at three and five. So yep. it's not yep, too yep. late to turn it around. I think he I think he could do it. I believe in him. So Makuchi. Makuchi. First of all. We have Ichi Nojo, who withdrew due to catching COVID again. 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 And then Ishiura, who also withdrew due to the neck injury that he sustained on day three of the March tournament against Kotonowaka. Which is a good thing, because neck injuries are fucking serious business, despite what some pompous commentator might have to say about it. And of course, we wish Ishira and Ichinojo 
a thorough recovery. Also, Onosho ended up having to withdraw on day six, having suffered some broken ribs from tumbling out of the doyo. So, yeah, yeesh. that was pretty brutal. So here we go. Makuchi. Uh, we basically structured this essentially just following our, our fantasy picks because as much as we wish we could follow each and every Rishi through the fucking Basho, that would be just pandemonium. Yeah. We'd be unstoppable if we had attention spans. <laughs> I know, right? But if there were very notable bouts by Rikshi who are not in our fantasy picks, we did put those in the honorable mentions. So we're just going to start going through all of those right now. Why don't you go ahead and give us the rundown for the notable bouts by our Yokozuna, Terano no Fuji. All right. So the Man Mountain... Day one, Terra no Fuji versus Dai A Show. Taken out by Dai A Show so easily on day one. Over in seconds, Teru was completely unable to resist, and Daisho is one of my fantasy picks, so I still won. Well, I guess, whatever. But I love it when like one of our guys goes up against another one of our guys because you know it's gonna be a win either way. Yeah. <laughs> And so, day two, we have Teru no Fuji versus Takayasu. He seems to have regained his strength enough to keep Takayasu under control until he could pull him down and get his first win. Day four versus Kotonowaka. It looks like he's feeling much better as he gains a win against the Rikishi who's been trashing the Ozeki this basho. Day six mm -hmm. versus Tamawashi. Teru no Fuji suffers yet another loss as Tamawashi just drives him to the edge of the doyo right off the tachiai, pushing him out by his face, adding insult to injury. And then we had day eight versus Takanosho, and that was another Kenboshi given up. Teru no Fuji finishes day eight at five and three. Man, you know, it's hard to... I don't want to compare Yokozuna, especially comparing to someone like Hakuho. Well, everyone else does. Who I know, but like, it, it just doesn't seem fair. Like, there was something just otherworldly about how Hakuho did sumo. Yeah. You know, he was a fluke. He's the goat for a reason. <laughs> He's a glitch in the sumo matrix. But... It, there's there's such a stark difference between uh, watching Yokozuna bouts a year ago and walk, watching Yokozuna bouts now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, even Terra no Fuji at Nagoya last year in 2021 was fucking impressive. That was... Poor guy, I think it's just that uh, heel injury or whatever. He's just not steady on his feet, and I think his knees are giving him shit, too. So he's maybe just not as sturdy as he was in Nagoya. Well, now that he's Yokozuna, he can't lose his rank. Maybe he can get some sort of surgery, you know, have some time to recuperate and then come back even stronger. He already did it once yeah. when he dropped all the way down to, what was it, Jonidan? Yeah. And then came back and became the fucking Yokozuna. So, I don't know. I think injury really needs to be treated differently in sumo, but that's a whole other conversation. Whole other pizza. Now, we are going to talk about my Ozeki pick, Shodai. Ooh. My little goth boy love. <laughs> Shodai, the Ozeki that everyone loves to hate. What was it that you had said the other day? Like, you think he just, he gets the yips or something? Yeah, I think time? he's got yips. 
that's he's just in his head, just in his own head. And Yotakayama's in his stable too, so I don't know. Maybe there's just something going on at the you know, at their stable trouble on the home front. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Honestly, I think it's just unrelated mental issues, you know. Who knows? I mean, he's still he's still Ozeki. Yeah. So. And he and he's known for doing his shit, you know, cuz uh he's no longer Kataban, so that means now he can just He can kind of <laughs> just relax and coast through this boss show. So he's going to be ca- Seems to be pretty much what he's doing. <laughs> he'll be Kataban next tournament and then he'll kick ass again. That's what I foresee. Maybe that's his whole shtick though. I like think so. look, I can get I can get to the brink of like losing my rank and then come back from it like infinite times. I'm so fucking cool like uh, this doesn't even matter to me because I'm playing my own game. <laughs> Some people are saying that he doesn't even deserve his Ozeki status that he oh, only whatever. got it as a fluke. As a fluke, really? Yeah, yeah, like it, it, it was like just like just a one in a million chance of just how things just kind of lined up. I think that's bullshit. I mean, yeah, they're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> You're still gonna be wrong though. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Shodai. Day one goes up against Kiribayama, loses against Kiribayama, literally right after the other Ozeki Takakesho gets taken down by Kotonowaka. Kiribayama gets both hands on the front of Shodai's Mawashi and escorts his ass out of the ring without much fuss. Aww. Day two goes up against Kotonowaka. <laughs> really close call there at the end, but Shodai ends up losing. I mean, it seems like Kotonowaka's got a streak at this point. Yeah. Day four versus Takayasu. So Takayasu is actually able to push Shodai right up to the edge, but Shodai cleverly shifts around Takayasu until he has him up against the bales. It looks like Takayasu is trying to gear up for a kotanage or some sort of shit like that, some sort of arm pull, but Shodai is able to rather easily oshidashi Takayasu out of the ring and then promptly Falls flat on his face. Oh. <laughs> First win of the Basho for our gloomy Ozeki Shodai. Then we have day eight. Day eight, he goes up against Hoshoryu. Hoshoryu bounces off of Shodai at the Tachiai. Shodai then gets under Hoshoryu's arms and starts to bunny hump him towards the edge. <laughs> where he pushes Hoshoryu out, both of them going horizontal and falling from the doyo. Yorito Oshi win for Shodai. However, at this point in the Basho, Shodai has a score of two wins, six losses. There is some contention about that second win. A lot. JSA chairman Hakaku called into question that second win that Shodai had against Hoshoryu. Or it's not necessarily that he called it into question as much as everybody else. Everybody called it into question. <laughs> he just had to address it. Um, he pretty much said that the Gyojis are going to have to take some extra study sessions, you know, to make sure that those kinds of calls aren't made again. Uh, he said something to the effect of, you guys don't have to deal with the fans in the hallway or something like that. <laughs> so... It, they didn't take away the win or anything like that, but he did acknowledge it was a, what would you say that is? A bamboozle? Um, uh, some shenanigans, Shenanigans, sure. definitely some shenanigans. <laughs> Poppycock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mayo Zeki picked Matakiyumi. Day one versus Takayasu. 
Takayasu gets a loose right-hand grip on Matakuyumi's belt right off the tachiai, but Matakuyumi's otsuke allows him to peel Takayasu off, whip him around, and then he tries to do some sort of pull-down, but Matakuyumi dives into him, and they both go flying out of the ring. Mind you, both of the other Ozeki have been taken down in their bouts on day one, so Matakuyumi's win against Takayasu prevents total Ozeki devastation for now. For now. For now. Day three versus Kotonowaka. Off the Tachiai, they both start trying to outmuscle each other. Kotonowaka tries to bust out some sort of pulling attack, but Matakayumi comes up under Kotonowaka's chest, giving him a good shove, and it looks like he's about to push him out when Kotonowaka steps to the side, pulling down on Matakayumi's back and head, and they both end up going out at the same time, which of course caused a monoe. 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 The Gyoji gave it to Matakayumi as an Oshidashi win, but after reviewing what actually happened, they discovered that Kotonowaka had been balancing on the Tawara as Matakayumi went airborne and horizontal due to Kotonowaka's Sukiyotoshi finishing move. And the victory was given to Kotonowaka. And that's the dead body rule. If you're flying through the air like a projectile, you ain't winning that. Matakayumi looked so dejected, but Kotonowaka must be pretty proud of himself because it's only day three and he's been slaying Ozeki left and right that was really great day four versus kiribayama kiribayama seals off the arms of matakayumi as he gains a grip on the belt but matakayumi is just too wiggly dispersing (laughs) all of that pushing energy kiribayama tries to power forward multiple times eventually taking matakayumi to the bales but matakayumi uses his own momentum against him and throws him out with the kotanage beltless arm throw Kiribayama looks like he could have had him there for a minute. Matakiyumi even looked a bit worried, but he was able to prevail in the end. Day 5 versus Tamawashi. Tamawashi is always throwing salt in someone's game. He's solid, stalwart, and humanly strong. Matakiyumi is just getting out-muscled by him. He tries to circle back, but Tamawashi goes for the face. Driving forward, Matakiyumi tries a pull-down defense, but it was too late. Oshidashi went for Tamawashi. So that's it for as far as the notable bouts for Matakayumi. He ends day eight at four and four. Now we move on to our Sekiwakis. I had Abby. Abby! Abby! I love Abby. I do too. He's such a cutie. <laughs> so notable bouts for Abby. Day four versus Indo. Classic Abby goes right for Indo's face and neck. He then tries a pull on Indo's arm, but it wasn't hard enough to get him very far, and he wasn't close enough to the edge of the ring to make it really count. So Indo is able to recover and tries to seal off Abby's arms from the outside. But Abby, who is an orangutan... Undisputed. (laughs) He is an orangutan. ...is able to twist Indo around and push him out. He does some pretty fine sumo during the first week. Not a lot that's too dramatic, but pretty good sumo nonetheless. Then when we get to day eight, he goes up against Takayasu. Another typical Abitachiai. Lots of face pushing, neck pushing, working Takayasu to the bales before headbutting him in the chest and giving him a good shove to push him out of the dojo. He ends week one. At five wins, three losses. All right, and then we have my Sekiwaki pick. 
Seke waka wakataka kage. All right, so day three versus Endo. Wakataka kage managed to out-technique the technician Endo. Right after they bonked heads at the Tachiya, it just turned into high-speed chess. And Wakataka Kage seemed like he was about five moves ahead the whole time. For some reason, Endo decides to do a complete 360 spin, maybe to reorient himself, which was clearly the wrong move. Wakataka Kage used his disorientation to grab Endo's belt and finished him off with the Uwati Dashinage. So, Uwati Dashinage. That was really the only notable belt for Wakataka Kage. I mean, at week one, he ended at three and five, so it's not spectacular for Wakataka Kage. Especially after the last Basho. Yeah, he had some pretty spectacular losses, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> he's still, you know, he's he's a work in progress. He's still... I still like him. I still I really like Wakataka Kage. He was fucking phenomenal in the last Basho. His career's still though, young. Yeah, exactly. Even though he's still struggling in, in this one, that's fine. Who knows what week two is going to hold. Yeah, everybody has slipped ups everybody has slumps hello shodai so it's okay it's okay we I've still been doing it during this entire episode yeah you've been doing like, it the whole time we've been watching sumo you've been in shodai nobody notices because <laughs> i use the magic of editing <laughs> anyway God. moving on to our komosubis i had hosho ryu some notable bouts for Hoshoryu were day one versus Indo. Hoshoryu slightly too high at the Tachiai, allowing Indo to give him the thrust down. Tsukiyotoshi victory for Indo. Then on day two, he goes up against Matakiyumi. Hoshoryu makes up for his day one loss by beating Matakiyumi for the first time ever. <laughs> he comes off the Tachiai explosively. Matakiyumi tries to resist pivots off to the side, which was the wrong move to make because that gave Hoshoryu the chance to get in there and headbutt him. And while Mitakiyumi is disoriented, Hoshoryu is able to drive him out. Then we come to day five versus Wakataka Kage. Over pretty quickly. Honestly, Hoshoryu gives Waka a friendly slap to the face off the Tachiai, steps to his right, grabs the back of his belt, and escorts his ass out. Poor Wakataka Kage never had a chance. <laughs> you could see he was going to try at the very last second to turn around and try to fight back, but it was just too late. Then on day seven, he goes up against Abi. Abi gets Hoshoryu in the face, right out of the Tachiai. Again, very classic Abi move. They both end up getting a one-handed grip on each other's mawashis and just sort of hopping around the doyo <laughs> together. Hoshoryu knows to keep the gap between himself and Abi closed. Otherwise, those hands would start flying. Yeah. Abi attempts to toss Hoshoryu out, which fails, but gives Hoshoryu the chance to get both hands on Abi's mawashi and drive him back. Abi attempts one last feeble toss right before he's Yori carried out of the ring. Either way, I get a point for this one. Because <laughs> I got both those guys. Mid-Basho, he's at a score of five wins, three losses. All right. And then we have Die A Show. It's just those battle faces. I, that's got to be the source of his power. 
Right. So Daie Show day one versus Terra no Fuji defeats the Yokozuna on day one. Great start for Daie Show. Fuck yeah. Day four versus Wakataka Kage. Daie Show gives Wakataka a flurry of Ninja Turtle hands, like he's holding his fingers in like a Vulcan yeah, salute. Yeah, that weird like. Well, he's got them taped up like. Live long and prosper. Yeah, or like you know right Michelangelo. <laughs> So, yeah, Daie Show gives Wakataka Kage a flurry of Ninja Turtle hands, holding his fingers in that Vulcan salute, and he gets him right to the edge, grabs him by the back of the neck, and pulls him down. They're both on my fantasy roster, so I still get a point either way, and I just get some sort of sick pleasure out of watching Daie Show beat Wakataka Kage. <laughs> I, I just do. It's just me. See, that's what we were talking about, too. Like, Wakataka Kage didn't have very many, like, memorable bouts himself, but, like, he had a lot of memorable losses that were wins for other people. (laughs) (laughs) So day seven, it is Daisho versus Matakeyumi, a pretty brutal Tachiai. Daisho just did not relent. He just keeps pummeling Matakeyumi's face. Matakeyumi tries for a slap down, trying to clamp down on Daisho's momentum, but Daisho just used his Ninja Turtle hands to just (laughs) push the shit out of Matakeyumi out by his face making the best fucking battle faces the whole time. It's just, he just wanted to crush it between his Ninja Turtle hands. <laughs> God damn it, get out of my doyo! Or like a lobster boy. Yeah, it was just, I, I just, I don't know why I like the way his fingers are taped up like that. Like like Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And then Dai Show uh, also ends day eight at five and three. Mm-hmm. Then our picks for Magashira one through five, I had Kiribayama. Kiribayama on day two goes up against Takakesho. And he was taken out by a belt maneuver by Takakesho, which actually isn't really Takakesho's usual. <laughs> it's not his usual MO, is Who it? Knew? So that was pretty interesting to watch. Then on day three, he goes up against Terano Fuji. Uh-oh. Kiribayama looks scared shitless. Mm hmm. Terano Fuji is looking at him like he's lunch, basically. <laughs> right at the Tashiai, Teru grabs Kiribayama's arm and just swings him around like a rag doll and then forces him to play the muscle game as he resists, which is not really part of the repertoire of someone whose main strategy is throws, you know? But he does manage to get his legs in position to throw Terano Fuji, and then right when he's ready... Teru stops playing around and just shoves him to the ground like like he just stole his lunch money or something. Yeah. Give me your lunch money, twerp. <laughs> Shut up, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> then on day five, he goes up against Takiyasu. High-speed attack and defense from both sides at the Tachiai, which eventually culminates in a deadlock where Takiyasu has Kiribayama's right arm locked up. Kiribayama tries to go for a left arm grip. That one gets locked up. Takiyasu doesn't seem to really know where to go from here. Kiribayama gets tired of just standing there and decides to start pulling on Takiyasu, swings him around and gives him a good notawa from the front and then pushes him down from the back. Takiyasu ends up sprawled on the ground, losing the match. Day seven... Wakataka Kage. 
This one was actually over pretty quickly. Wakataka goes for some sort of arm grab, but Kiribayama is able to slip right under it. Waka then looks like he's trying to go for Kiribayama's leg, but he's so low that Kiribayama is able to just slap him down for a Hitake Komi win. Another one of my boyfriends slaying <laughs> one of your boyfriends. This is just boyfriend war. It is. My boyfriends versus your boyfriend. My boyfriend can beat up your boyfriend. Well, I mean, so far that is looking to be true. He ends up on day eight with a score of five wins, three losses. That seems like a, a pretty pretty recurring set of wins and losses for these guys, doesn't it? Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. We will get to that. Well, now we're at Takayasu. So we have mm-hmm. talked a lot about Takayasu through everyone else's matches. And uh, this was one of his more notable ones. So Takayasu day three versus Takakesho. Takakesho is usually a pretty aggressive pusher thruster, but got his ash pushed and thrusted right out of the ring by Takayasu for his first win of the Basho. So at the end of day eight, Takayasu's at two and six. And we did hear a few of his notable losses. That was one of his notable wins, but mm-hmm. we're still rooting for you. Yeah, it's weird. He's, I mean, he he didn't win the last Basho. You know, he was neck and neck with uh, Wakataka Kage in the March tournament. But it, it seems like he's doing even worse than Wakataka Kage. I, they're, they're both, both just... doing pretty, not, okay, I'm not going to say pretty bad, but not as good as they were last time. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what's going on. Like we said before, it's just, it's, it's pandemonium. It really Everything's is. Everything's just... topsy-turvy. <laughs> it's wild. In this one. All right. Moving right along to Maegashira. Six through 11 picks. Notable bouts for Wakamoto Haru. This guy really surprised me, actually. Yeah. I wasn't too sure when I picked him for my Maegashira six through 11, but I'm actually pretty glad that I did. So on day two, he goes up against Toby Zaru. He kind of just trips and rolls by Tobizaru. And then while Tobizaru is trying not to trip over his downed opponent, he ends up getting too much forward momentum and just kind of sprints <laughs> off into the crowd. Went to like, like the fifth, eighth row. Where the fuck are you going, Tobizaru? <laughs> is it goofy that I kind of had yakety sax playing in my head when I saw him doing that? <laughs> Then on day three, he goes up against Shimanomi. Sideburns. Okay, sideburns. (laughs) Sideburns. Kind of looks like he may have had him a couple of times there. He was able to get Wakamoto Haru off balance a few times, but Wakamoto Haru recovered pretty quickly each time. And then right when it looked like Shimanomi was about to push him out of the ring, Wakamoto Haru does this fucking amazing sideways hop thing along the Tawara while pushing Shimanomi down and out. Very fancy footwork for that uh, uh, Watanage win. That was very fancy. Oh, that was beautiful. It was like, uh, you know, the ballerinas when they're when they're putting on a ballet and they do that like 
point, yeah. pointy toe, <laughs> like hopping around, you know, with their arms all like elegantly raised above their heads. That's the word I was looking for. That was a very elegant Uwatanage. It very was elegant footwork. It was. It was very elegant footwork. He should just, that's what he should do after he retires. He should just go into ballet. <laughs> Day four, Wakamoto Haru goes up against Teretsuyoshi. Wakamoto Haru gets a headbutt to the chest by Teretsuyoshi, who then tries to bust out a kataskashi. Am I pronouncing that right? I know I like to mispronounce stuff. Kataskashi. So he tries to bust out this kataskashi, but Wakamoto Haru deftly turns into it, into the kataskashi, like he's sliding around on an icy road or something, right there at the edge of the doyo. And he gets back into a driving position. Teretsuyoshi gets under him. Looks like he's trying to do some sort of shit like uh, Izori or some sort of weird move. Some sort of weird shit that Just Ura channeling would do. Ura. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see on his face, he knew that moment. He fucked up. He fucked up. He couldn't get the moment. moment he needed as Wakamoto Haru was coming at him from above to finish him off with an uh, Oshitaushi. Then on day five, he goes up against Ura, you know, speak of the devil. (laughs) (laughs) So they grapple with each other a bit, both get a grip on the other's belt, and then Wakamoto Haru attempts to push Ura out. Ura, however, has the instincts of a cat who's trying to avoid being put in the bathwater because he maneuvers around to the side with both still gripping each other's mawashis and starts walking backwards towards the other side of the dohyo, dragging Wakamoto Haru with him. With his back to the bales, Ura executes an uchari on Wakamoto Haru. He flips him backwards out of the ring. However... It was unclear who actually landed first, as Ura's forearm and Wakamoto Haru's hand seemed to land at the same time. So, a monoi was called that resulted in a Tori Naoshi. And god damn it. <laughs> god fucking damn it. Why does Ura do this shit? Why the fuck does he immediately try to bust out a Dizori on Wakamoto Haru? Why does, why does he have to immediately go for some fancy ass move that he hasn't even fucking set up properly? It was just like muscle memory. You could see it. He just kind of reacted. Is he just trying to get it over with? He's like, oh God, I just fought this guy. Now I got to fight him again. Well, let's try to do the same or a similar fucking thing that I just did. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. It didn't work. It didn't work. I think, like I said, I think it was just a reaction. He just reacted the first thing that popped in his mind, and well, it was. But while he was all like flipped over backwards, Wakamoto Haru took that opportunity to casually just push his ass out of the ring. Still good for me though, because <laughs> I got another point from Ura's poorly strategized shenanigans. <laughs> but still, I mean, I really fucking like Ura. He he has such a creative way of uh, of fighting. And then I think he's he really just still needs to um, work on strategy a bit more. Yeah, you know, he can do the fancy moves. But it's the strategizing. When you when you get up to that ahead. level, that mm-hmm. that fucking high of level of competition, especially whenever he was at Mike Ashira one and then got down to Mike Ashira six, even at that 
level, you still need to diversify and yes, you know think yes. a few few more steps ahead than he has. Been. And that's what's going on with Abby now too, you know, because he has always been very into the supari, and he has his favorite moves that he just kind of spams on everyone, and he's having to learn that same lesson too, yeah. the di- diversification. Anyway. <laughs> On to the next... I lost my place. Oh, Day 6 versus Kotoweko. Oh, yeah. Day 6 versus Kotoweko. My boy's been doing pretty good so far this Basho. He and Kotoweko end up grappling a bit. He looks like he might have him there once or twice. But then Kotoweko is able to hook his right arm in Wakamoto Haru's left. And it's just over. It's done. Yep. He flips Waka the fuck out. <laughs> Brilliantly executed Totori by Kotoeko. So forceful that after Waka lands, you see him like grabbing his arm and elbow and yeah, whatever. That... Basically, like it, he looked like he was in pain. Yeah, that you could tell that kind of hurt. That's a fucking pretty wicked Totori. Yeah, so he's been doing great, and then he comes up against Kotoeko, and it's like, oh god, you know, you really kind of kicked my ass there. <laughs> <laughs> Then on day eight, midway through the Basho, he goes up against Aoyama. Aoyama, who was the frontrunner there for a while, which was yeah. pretty fucking wild. Him and uh, Sadanumi. Yeah, Radanaumi. <laughs> I'm very glad Naumi for him. <laughs> so day eight, Wakamoto Haru versus Aoyama. Wakamoto Haru knocks another point off of our front runner's score. It was, you know, pretty standard. I just thought that was that was pretty cool that he was able to to knock him down a peg like that. Yeah. Wakamoto Haru uh, ends week one with a score of five wins and three losses. All right, and then my pick. Tochinoshi. Tochinoshi. All right. Day two versus Nishikigi. So I don't know. I've always kind of trayed my pronunciation of that. So I don't know. You, you know how the Japanese kind of truncate some of those vowels. You say Nishikigi, and then you hear other guys pronounce every vowel. So it's Nishikigi. You know, I noticed when we were doing the interview with Oscar, that's going to come out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um. That's how he pronounced it, too, Nishikigi, Nishikigi, instead of Nishikigi. Yeah, so you hear some of the commentators. I think it's just kind of slurred, you know, yeah. like kind of like a contraction, you know, something like that. I don't know. But anyway. still, I'll, you'll, I'll flip between Nish, Nishikigi and Nishikigi, just whatever. It just depends on how I'm feeling. Anyway, so day two versus Nishikigi. Toch gets a grip, but Nishikigi breaks it and sends Tochinoshin flying off the doyo, crashing to the ground on the back of his head. It takes a moment for him to recover, and he's clearly dazed, but after a moment he seems to regain his senses, and it, it seemed like he was okay, um, considering, you know, the rest of the tournament and all that, but that was kind of scary. It was a little bit scary. Who was that that was saying, oh, that's why they do their hair the way they do, oh, so it gives it was... them, like, some cushion? Yeah, it was uh, actually... <laughs> Whenever um, Tochinoshin was doing a uh, Tokoyama, um, like an exhibition or a demo oh, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the hairdresser, and it was at a, a, a someone's Donpatsuki. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was Goedo. It was at Goedo's Donpatsuki. I think we were actually watching Chris Sumo. Yeah. On so, YouTube. yeah, he fell. And Love they were saying channel. on there that uh, they the top knot kind of helps cushion the back of their head whenever they fall. Mm-hmm. And damn sure enough, <laughs> right? Probably. He really needed it that day. For real. Day three versus Teretsuyoshi. Very unexpected things happened in this bout. So 
It starts off pretty standard for Tochinoshi, and he grabs Tertsuyoshi by the back of his mawashi and tries for a lift, but doesn't quite have the grip to keep him off the ground. So as soon as Tertsuyoshi's feet, you know, he feels his feet touch the ground, he immediately tries spinning Tochinoshi into an arm lock throw. Toch grabs the back of his mawashi again and tries for another Tsuridashi, but same problem. Can't quite keep him off the ground, but then something fucking utterly bizarre happens. <laughs> Teretsuyoshi, who is a full nine inches shorter than Tochinoshin, now has a grip on Tocha's belt and fucking lifts him. So they just kind of like... That was fucking nuts, I was dude. like, jeez, how is that... You know, that's some fucking strength. That was bonkers. That seriously was. And, you know, and it's funny, you know, seeing that part of Teretsuyoshi, you know, running through the hallway with his Kesha Mawashi, <laughs> getting ready to do the doyo eerie, just kind of smiling, and then seeing, like, the strength, just that bullish strength lifting Tochinoshi. That's... That's godlike. We might need to take a moment to explain that just because it was so fucking adorable. It so was. it was, they were doing the thing with Terano Fuji. What is it the called? Doyo Iri. Doyo Iri. Yeah, yeah. So they were supposed to be like up on the doyo with Terano Fuji. Like they had like maybe a minute to get there. And you saw them with their Kesha Mawashis on, like kind of lifting them up. Like their little like feet. ladies <laughs> lifting their skirts and they're just like running and just yeah, like Midori grinning Fuji. Real, real big. <laughs> Midori Fuji was running first and he was it was just kind of, and then like Terrence Yoshi just had like a silly shit eating grin on his face like the whole time. <laughs> and then you could hear uh, the the commentators like, oh, so kawaii. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it really was great. super fucking cute. So anyway, they lifted each other back and forth there for a second. And it's fucking hilarious because Teretsuyoshi <laughs> is trying to tsuridashi the guy who likes to tsuridashi all the other guys. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like, how the fuck do you like that, you jerk? <laughs> Ain't so fun, is it? But he's only able to get him off the ground for a few seconds, and that's whenever Toch gains his footing, and they're both just they both just kind of stand there for a second, each with a grip on each other's belt. And you can tell that Toch and Ocean's just thinking, what the fuck just happened? Did that really just happen? <laughs> and Teretsuyoshi tries for another lift, but this time it does not work. But that's mm-hmm. enough to get Toch and Ocean off balance so he could drive him out of the ring. So Toch loses this one, but it was definitely fucking fun to watch. It that was. was badass. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. So, uh, day seven, Tochinoshin versus Kotoweko. Kotoweko had a very ineffectual Tachiai, but he at least tried to be mobile. He gets Toch to the edge, gets his sight exposed, but when he tries to close in and grab the Mawashi, Toch escapes his grasp, tries a grab at the back of Kotoweko's head. Kotoweko is able to drive Toch back to the other side of the doyo, but Tochinoshin is able to get the left hand outside grip on Kotoweko's Mawashi and tossed his ass like a salad right out of the ring. Yeah, he <laughs> tossed his salad. <laughs> All right, day eight versus Uda. It wasn't a very forceful Tachiai, but yeah. you got to have a cautious Tachiai with Uda. Yeah. Toch made like he was going to go for a forearm blast, but Uda is way too wary of that kind of shit. He locks Toch down under his arms, keeps him low. They stay deadlocked like that for a moment. Tochi tries to muscle it out, but Uda responds with the Kataskashi, slamming Tochinoshin's excellent Martian butt right into the clay. <laughs> Station. Oh, station. <laughs> and then, you know, Uda in true Uda fashion, even though he won, still tumbles his ass out into the crowd. Yeah, true. I wonder how many people are going to get that fucking Bill and Ted. <laughs> that was from the second movie, wasn't it? Yeah. But, but Tochinoshi, he truly butt. does have an excellent Martian butt. 
Now that you mention it, it does look very similar to yeah. that uh, weird I always and terrifying so. alien creature from that movie. Yes. <laughs> well, Shin finishes out week one with a score of four and four. All right. Then we have the Maegashira 12 through 17 picks. Of course, mine was Oho. Some notable stuff from our boy Oho. Day one versus Meisei. Meisei did abysmally in the last boss show. Just bad. But it appears he's going berserker mode for this one (laughs) to try to make up for it. He just don't give a fuck anymore. At all. You can you can really tell. They smash skulls at the Tachiai. Meisei completely unaffected, keeps driving forward as Oho tries some Supari, but it's not enough to keep Meisei at bay. He grabs Oho, whips him around behind him toward the edge of the ring, and while Oho tries to turn around and reorient himself, Meisei charges him for another headbutt right to the fucking face, and then finishes him off with a hard thrust to the sternum that drives him out of the ring. And as they are bowing after the match, Meisei is looking real fucking mean (laughs) across the dojo from his victim, the battered and bloodied face of Oho. Meisei was just fucking aggressive, just ag, just just totally ag. Fuck anymore. (laughs) I mean, you know, we'll still have to see if that's actually going to get him anywhere. Yeah. So far, not really. Day three, Oho goes up against Chio Tairio. Ooh wee ooh. Geo <laughs> I think probably like. <laughs> okay, for one thing, I I fucking hated Doug when Aww. I was a kid. I hated that cartoon. I thought it was boring as fuck. I did not care I about Doug, it. but I loved that stupid animated band because it was just the most ridiculous shit. They have a song about killer tofu. For I know, sake. right? And what then, the uh, what was the other one? I need more allowance, yodeling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the only reason I would watch that show is because it would be on between the shows that I wanted to watch, like uh, Rocco's Modern Life and something else. I can't and, and we all know that you had a crush on Roger. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I kind of did, though. Called it. Anyway, so day three... Chiyotairyu versus Oho. Chiyotairyu actually comes in with quite an aggressive attack from the Tachiai, but that may have actually been to his detriment. They clash at the Tachiai, and you can see Chiyotairyu is trying to bulldoze through Oho, but all Oho had to do after taking some Supari to the face was step to the side and let Chiyotairyu's momentum do the rest of the work for him, causing him to charge right over the edge. It was over pretty quickly, but, you know, a clever victory for Oho. Yeah. Day seven goes up against Yutakiyama. Pretty solid Tachiai that leads into a lot of pushing and slapping each other's faces like a couple of uh, European dandies challenging (laughs) each other to a duel or something in, like, the 1700s. Eventually, they both run out of stamina and just kind of relax against each other, just locked up for a while, like, oh, let's just take a little bit of a break. (laughs) Pretty much. Yutakiyama looks absolutely exhausted, but Oho recovers faster and is able to lift and push Yutakiyama out. Day 8, mid-basho, Oho has a score of three wins and five losses. Not terrible. Yeah. So then we have Midori Fuji. Dude, Midori Fuji is 
I was amazing. <laughs> seriously, fucking seriously. You know, I mean, like I am. I am suddenly a fan of one of your picks <laughs> just because well, he does. He busts out some pretty amazing moves. He really, he really fucking does. does. He's very tenacious and just agile and just. He's, he's a little mm-hmm. dude, but he's just fucking all over the place. Uh, I, I was talking to Movie Mulligan on, uh, oh gosh, what was it? It was day two what or day three. What is his three. actual name? I, you know, Movie Mulligan, if you listen to this, B, I, I am so sorry. I forgot your name, your actual name. Anywho, go check out Movie Mulligan on Instagram. He is- And a, Twitter. And Twitter, yes. He's he's actually a really good illustrator. I love his, I illustrations, love his illustrations that he does of the Rikshi, and he's making stickers, and oh, shit, just go check it out. Yeah, lots real. of really cool shit. Anyway, continue. <laughs> you were no, talking to him. Yeah, but Movie Mulligan was talking about just like how ferocious he was, and I was just like, I was like, yeah, you know, but it, it was that same night, whenever we saw uh, Midori Fuji's win, I was like, holy shit. I was just aggro as mm-hmm. fuck. And so I, I, I sent him a message back like, holy shit, dude, you were right. Yeah. I feel like I slept <laughs> I slept on Midori Fuji because, you know, he was out injured for a while. But now that he's back, he's, he's fucking wicked. Anyway, so Midori Fuji, day two versus Kagayaki. Kagayaki towers over Midori Fuji by a full nine inches. This didn't even really seem to intimidate Midori Fuji in the least. The tachiai begins with Midori Fuji ramming his head right into Kagayaki's cleavage. And as he (laughs) reaches for a left-hand grip on the belt, Kagayaki punishes Midori Fuji with a series of slaps and thrusts. Midori Fuji tries to find a grip somewhere as Kagayaki attacks. Midori Fuji calculates a counter and jumps to the side of one of Kagayaki's attacks, securing Kagayaki's left arm and swings his giant lumbering ass around for a Kataskashi victory. Kagayaki's carcass almost barreled into Oho, who was sitting in front of the dojo, mean mugging the hell out of him the whole time. He's like, the fuck you doing trying to die over here, motherfucker? Bowling for Oho. Day three, uh, Midori Fuji versus Kotokuzan, old Jasper. Midori Fuji goes up against another Titanic opponent on day three, Kotokuzan, who has 120 pounds on him. Off the Tachiai, he immediately gets a grip on the front of Kotokuzan's Mawashi and just latches on like a fucking pit bull, all while Kotokuzan's trying to pry him off with the flurry of slaps and elbows and Norawa attacks. It just doesn't phase him. It just it doesn't, doesn't he was phase just like, him at all. <laughs> he was literally like a fucking pit bull or like just, one of those fucking police dogs. <laughs> you know, when they have like the, the big like padded suit on and they're like yeah, hanging then, from their arm or and something. And he's just, just jaws clamped. Just, rrr, rrr, rrr. That was fucking great. But um, he's clamped on, just not letting go. He does lose his left-hand grip for just a second and then gets right back in and is able to drive Kotokuzan back and out of the ring. And then we have day four versus Chio Taidu. Unfortunately, on day four, he does get completely manhandled by Chio Taidu. Mm-hmm. He just grabs him by the fucking head with both hands right up <laughs> the Tachiai and just throws him down like he's trying to smash a fucking pumpkin. It's just less than three seconds. A yeah. brutal Tokurenage from Chio Taidu for the win. Day six versus Myogiru. Myogiru plows Midori Fuji all the way back to the bales off the Tachiai, but Midori Fuji, Midori Fuji deftly and swiftly maneuvers off to the side, using Myogiru's forward momentum to help him escape, and then grabs the back of his mawashi and the back of his neck and tosses his ass out of the <laughs> ring like a bouncer tossing a drunk out of the club. So Midori Get Fuji... Get out of my club! <laughs> Get out of my swamp! Wait, that's Yago. <laughs> no, that's Yago. 
<laughs> Midori Fuji ends week one, day eight, at four and four. Nice. Well, those are all of our uh, fantasy picks. I do want to take a look at our scores now that we're mid-basho. But first, we did say we were going to have some honorable mentions, some other interesting bouts during week one that weren't necessarily, well, weren't at all part of our fantasy picks, but we thought deserved a shout out. Oh, absolutely. But (laughs) we can't just make this completely about our fantasy picks. So we do have to, you know, talk about the other Rikishi who are actually doing things, who are making your players in this boss right really the only reason we decided to do it like this was so that we would have like a good framework a good structure for tracking what's going on in the boss and something else that we've been flirting with is the idea of starting a patreon and if you wanted to become a patron then you could tell us which rikishi to follow Yes, absolutely. In fact, we do have a, what is it called? Kofi? Kofi? Is it coffee? Kofi? Like buy me a coffee? Yeah. I thought it was coffee. Yeah, something like that. We have one of those fucking things where you can, you know, fucking toss some coin at us if you want to. It doesn't really matter. But, yeah. you know, if you do, maybe we'll take your suggestion on uh, which Rikshi we should follow in our Basho coverage. Or whatever suggestion you may have, because, you know, we're, we are open to suggestion. Yeah. All right. So, starting off the honorable mentions, we have Tobizaru. Tobizaru. Day one versus Uda. Two very interesting Rikishi, each with a very unique style of sumo that's actually kind of similar in how they like to stay low, do a lot of probing and prodding mm-hmm. of their opponent, almost like a mongoose and a snake. <laughs> So Uda starts a bit back from the Shakurasen, but shows good energy at the Tachiai. They both go in low, lock horns, grabbing at each other's arms. Uda goes for a Norowa attack on Tobizaru. They push each other back and forth a bit until Tobizaru gets slightly to the left side of Uda, allowing him to push his opponent sideways towards the edge of the doyo. But Uda braces against the Tawara and charges forward. Tobizaru pushes him back again, but this time, when Uda charges back towards Tobizaru, he grabs the back of his neck, swings him around, and attempts a pulldown. But Tobizaru pushes forward and somehow manages to push Uda off to the side, gets him back up against the Tawara, on the opposite end of the doyo. So Uda tries to go for the belt, which it looks like he may have gotten a left-hand grip, but Tobizaru manages to pull his right arm up, and they just kind of lock up in that position for a while, each going for the occasional reach for the belt, until Tobizaru finally gets tired of these shenanigans and manages to stand (laughs) Uda up and dump his ass off the edge of the doyo right onto a seated Gyoji. (laughs) Right onto that poor Gyoji. I know. He's always crashing into I know, just bouncing off of stuff. Audience and he just gets up and smiles and bows and apologizes and then just gets back up there. But he's just yeah. always, win or lose, he's bouncing somewhere. Day six, we had Tobizaru versus Onosho. It was at this point that poor Onosho had to drop out of the Basho because of his broken ribs. So oh, Tobizaru no ended up winning that one by Fusensho. Yeah, and Tobizaru is actually, uh, (laughs) we'll get to this in just a moment, but he's actually one of the uh, runner-ups for the top right now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that was... uh, Like I said, we'll get to that in a second. It's a whole whole thing. But anyway, another notable uh, honorable mention guy uh, was actually Kotonowaka. The Ozeki Slayer. Yeah, he beat Takakesho on day one. 
He beats Shodai on day two. And then he beats Matakiyumi on day three. Just fucking Ozeki after Ozeki, like right from the beginning. Like, who does that? <laughs> oh, he's he's hungry. He's a hungry I boy. Know. That that shit was fucking bananas. <laughs> Besides him, I also wanted to uh, kind of give a shout out to Aoyama. Fuck yeah. Who's been fucking slaying at this boss show. He's just got, kind of got a, a fire in him all of a sudden. I don't know what it is. I haven't really actually paid that much attention to uh, like the moves he likes to use. You know, the ones that are his favorite. Well, he's been mainly a pusher thruster. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. But one thing I did notice was that he used that Kotanage for, like, half of his wins so far in this tournament. So I think, like, um, a lot of those Rikishi, I think since their training sessions, like, whenever they have the Keikos, they don't really practice technique in the Keiko. It's all about, you know, conditioning. So I think for some of these guys, the only chance that they really have to practice these moves are probably either in tournaments or just, like, you know, whenever they're doing bouts. But um, you We're going to have to look that up and see how do they actually learn the techniques, the different... Yeah. Uh, well, some of them have martial arts backgrounds like judo, you know, like Aqua. Oh, Aqua yeah. is a judo guy. And uh, I think that's why he keeps spamming that. He keeps ka- doing the leg thing. The kakanage. I don't know. I, I, I don't... I or think... maybe it's maybe it's like something he already knew how to do, but like he didn't know how to do it very well and he just recently perfected it, yeah. you know? So now that he, he's got it down perfect, he's just spamming it on everyone. <laughs> I did notice, however, that by day seven, he did end up tied with Sadanumi for the lead after um, they went up against each other and he ends up losing his first match of the tournament to Sadanumi. So they were... uh that was interesting. <laughs> but another thing, too, about Aoyama that, again, we were talking to that... Uh, movie Mulligan. Movie Mulligan. What is his goddamn name? I know yeah. it, it has a B in it. <laughs> but anyway, we were talking to him about Aoyama's nipples. Yeah. And how they, they look like they're blurred out sometimes and not blurred out other times. They're kind of innies so maybe sometimes it's hard to see we were, them but we like... were watching like uh oh god i think it was the nhk um that but yeah they really did blur his nipples like you could see the blurs like has he moved the blurs were like delayed for a split oh, second yeah yeah the the actual like the overlay the blur yeah. overlay would like kind of move like not really it was in like del- with his yeah movement. And yeah, th- yeah. it really was. And, and I, I do remember this from a couple of years ago as well, where uh, YouTube videos were getting uh, taken down for nudity because the algorithm was oh, picking God. up Aoyama's nipples. And it's just like, just let the man be topless. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Let people be topless. They're just nipples. I Jesus. know, right? But do you think that that's maybe why? Because I know I, I noticed that NHK and Abima does it, as far as I can tell anyway. Yeah. Do you think maybe it has something to do with the content that they put on YouTube or is it... I don't know if it's YouTube specifically, but I think it might be to get past some algorithms. But we watched a couple of, you know, things from Abima and things from NHK where his nipples were uncensored. Mm-hmm. And he would they're just chilling. You know, he does have some like fucking light colored areolas and, you know, his nipples kind of look like goat eyes. <laughs> You know, I mean, they, they do. They're kind of like horizontal. They're like little goat eyes, you know, and they kind of, they're a little, you know, they kind of look down at the floor instead of up at the world. But that's what okay. 
like. It's okay. You know, there's nipples of all different kinds of fucking shapes and sizes. Aoyama is the boobs from Bulgaria. That's just how he rolls. We got to learn how to deal with it. We're on his God damn it. Now. Free Aoyama's nipples. God damn it. Free them. And see, what makes no sense to me is blurring them out just brings more attention to them. I know, right? It's so dumb. Like, they don't blur <laughs> out anybody else's. Anywho. Okay. Well... I'm sure we're going to talk about this again. So let's oh, just this move is, on. Oh, this is going to come up. <laughs> so then we have Sadana Umi. Yes, shout out to Sadana Umi. Radana Umi. So he's been doing surprisingly well this Basho. I mean, like in the last few tournaments, you don't really say, oh yeah, you know who really kicked ass this tournament? Sadana Umi. But what is he doing this time? Kicking ass. It's like, yeah. all right. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. So uh, he got pretty thrashed by Meisei on day three, but on day mm-hmm. five, he bulldozed the shit out of Yutakayama just right off the doyo. Uh-huh. And then on day eight, he goes up against Ichiyamamoto, and this was wonky. <laughs> so Ichiyamamoto slaps Sadano Umi in the face so hard he spins himself around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadano Umi tries to grab his arm and throw him out, but Ichiyamamoto's centrifugal force causes him to literally slap Sadano Umi's ass spanking him out of the ring. Like, literally spanking him out of the ring. Like, what would you even fucking call that? Fucking spank out? spank out. Yeah. <laughs> they, they said it was Hitaki Komi, but that wasn't a slap down. It was a spank out. That was out. a spank. <laughs> he was spanking that booty. And then there was Chiyotairu versus Azumaru on day eight. Mm. Chiyotairu wins this one by pushing Azumaru out of the ring backward. And then promptly falling face first into his crotch. Yes, yes. Face plants right in his crotch. Just hurl. Not just between his legs. <laughs> in, in his crotch. the crotch. You know, when you fold a, a mawashi, you know, you kind of have that uh, that little, the, the taco part in the front. You know, you, you fold the taco and you tuck it under I'm the front. A, I'm very yeah. familiar with tacos being in the front, yes. <laughs> It was just like, I think he just fucking like hit his nose on the taco fold. God damn it. You just made me some. It's okay. It's okay. Delete that. Delete all that shit. (laughs) Delete all the tacos. God damn it. (laughs) All right. Moving on. So this is a very interesting uh, lineup we've got here for the the top dudes at the midpoint in the the ball show. Midway through the tournament, and we have five Rikshi in the lead with six wins and two losses. Then following them, we have ten more Rikshi at five wins and three losses. So really, it's anyone's game at this point. Total fucking chaos. It's great. I love this shit. Yeah, yeah. There's no way to guess. There's no way to predict who's going to end up on top. This so, is this is going to be gambling at its truest and finest. I ain't gotten the money for that yeah, shit. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so in the lead, as of day eight, we have Takanosho, Tamawashi, Aoyama, Ichiyamamoto, and Sadanoumi. Then on the, uh, the second place guys so far, we have... Koto Shoho, Ura, Tobizaru, Wakamoto Haru... Kiribayama, Abi, Dai A Show, Hoshoryu, Takakesho, and the Yokozuna Terano Fuji. That's like half of the fucking Makuchi yeah, right. division. <laughs> that's that's just bananas, dude. B A N A N A S. No, we're not doing that. 
We're not. We're not. <laughs> yeah, I wish you could have seen that face. Yeah, so. <laughs> all right. So this is what it has all boiled down to. <laughs> This is the fucking, the truth of our struggle rocked up to its purest form. So Sabrina's fantasy score as of day eight. Tell me what it is. 30. Yes. Uh, and what's mine. Yours? What's yours? 27. <laughs> God damn it. So. Uh, you know what? After the last one, I think I deserve to, I put a lot of work into Picking my Rikshi this time for my fantasy lineup. I thought I did too, damn it. I did a lot of research this t- I didn't just pick them because they were cute. <laughs> Although a lot of them happen to also be cute. <laughs> Me, I just, oh man, this is... Uh... We're only three points uh, away from each other right now. We have a whole... Seven more days. They're doing Makuchi right now. Day nine Makuchi. Oh, shit. As we're recording. They're doing it right now. I mean, who knows what's going to happen at the end of the week. Yeah, well. You could end up pulling ahead of me. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so that is our Basho coverage. And this is fucking exciting. I am so stoked about this. And it, it's a different kind of exciting than the uh, than the March tournament, but it's still exciting nonetheless, especially just that whole thrill of not knowing. That's no fucking clue. great. No clue who it could be. You know, look at July of last year. People knew it was going to be either Terra no Fuji or Hakuho. Yeah. And that's, that's just, that was reality. And now reality is just, who fucking knows? That's so beautiful. I love that. It's fucking great. Great time to be a sumo fan. Yep. Funny you mentioned July of last year. That was actually the first time that uh, I participated in Sumo Kaboom's bingo. Oh my God, I forgot. And she... one. Yeah, she got the, uh, that was the peach jam, right? Yeah, yeah. That was so fucking good. It was just mwah, magnifique. And now I just remembered that I'm doing it again for this Basho, so I should probably go check on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we already did uh, see who got on the Maki Koshi bingo card. Oh, really? Did yeah. somebody win Ma- Maki Koshi already? Poor Takara Fuji. Oh, oh, you're you're talking about who has their Maki Koshi already? Yeah, Ma- yeah, yeah. Takara Fuji has his Maki Koshi already right now, so that's a, a square on the old bingo card. But this is when it starts picking up. Week two is when you really got to, you know, stay on your bingo card, you know, stay on your fantasy shit because mm-hmm. it's it's going to get wild and it is unpredictable. It's so great. <laughs> so anyway, that is our show. We will be back at the end of the tournament and then we will resume our interviews with uh, folks that have started their own sumo clubs. We're going to be getting into lightweight sumo and we really want to touch base with a couple of people before they head off to the world games in Birmingham, Alabama. Also, uh, yeah, the Cowboy Cup is coming up June 11th at Panther Pavilion, Fort Worth, Texas. I think it's uh, 10 in the morning on July 11th. I don't know. You can Google it. I was about to say, look at the Dallas Sumo Club's uh, Instagram. Look at them on Twitter. Look at Dallas Sumo Club on Facebook. You will find all of the information for the Cowboy Cup. If you are interested in being a spectator, there is a separate link for uh, tickets 
tickets to FitCon as a whole. So the Cowboy Cup is happening at FitCon Texas. So you do have to purchase a FitCon ticket to be a spectator. It's 20 bucks, but it's so fucking cool. It's not just going to be just the sumo tournament. There's going to be strongmen. There's going to be Hell people yes. with like supplements. There's going to be just all kinds of fucking wacky stuff that I'm just so excited to see. Well, maybe not wacky. It's not going to be like, you know. No, fucking... some of it's pretty fucking wacky. I mean, you said the word supplements and I was like, because you know I have a background in that stuff. So. Yeah, but I, I think it's it's going to be so fucking cool. I'm, I'm really stoked about it. But if you wanted to be a uh, participant... In the Cowboy Cup, there is a separate link, and it goes to Eventbrite. So if mm-hmm. you want to participate, you want to follow the links for Eventbrite. If you want to just hang out at FitCon and you know catch some sumo and some strongmen, then you want to go to the FitCon uh, link to purchase those tickets as a spectator. Anyway, so uh, it's going to be really fucking fun. It's going to be my first tournament. I'm really hoping my knee's well, not too fucked you, up. you still got to get that x-ray first. Yeah. So and... we'll see how that goes. Everybody keep their fingers, toes, and eyes crossed that Matt can actually... Uh... I'm going to fucking do it, damn it. It's going to happen. Well, you don't want to hurt yourself further either. That's so. true. That's true. I mean... Look at it this way. If you don't end up being able to do the Cowboy Cup, that's just going to create even more suspense God for the next tournament. <laughs> you know, so the thing that gets me is, uh, you know, you hear uh, interviews with Justin Kizzert saying that you're just going to suck right off the bat. You have you just want to get those wins out of the way, or excuse me, get those losses out of the way so you can start working on getting better at sumo. Mm-hmm. And that's where I want to... I've already did a few litmus tests. I know where I'm at. I just have to get out there you just the need world. to get that experience i do that's i have yeah. to level up and what better way I, i've already fucking leveled the fuck up a lot compared I think, to how i was last year i think what the biggest question is going to be for you anyway is are you gonna go traditional you know <laughs> i've been thinking about it i go traditional at home while i'm training you know and i just you know yeah but there's gonna be a lot more people there <laughs> yeah well i don't know i'll I, help you shave your pubes <laughs> I don't even think that my pubes are, I'm not that bush-tastic, you know. (laughs) I'm not. I mean, I don't have very much body hair. Look at my legs. Like, I don't hardly have any leg hair. I barely have any armpit hair, but (laughs) I'm just, you know, fucking, I'm just smooth. Like a dolphin. (laughs) Not a fucking dolphin. (laughs) God damn it. Anyway, but yeah, that's our show. That's Uh, the show. (laughs) Come talk shit to us. Come look at the really bad memes I've been making (laughs) on our Twitter and our Instagram. Uh, All these goofball videos. uh, What was it? Tochimaru versus Tokshoryu fucking blood sport. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking Tochimaru getting some van damage. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I've been watching way too much blood sport. I don't know why I have. You want to get in that kumite? (laughs) Kumite. Anyway, we're all over the Facebook and the Instagram. If you go to Twitter, it's Punk Sumo because I fucked up the Twitter. But make sure you spell punks with an X. You can also email us sumopunks at gmail.com. And we will see you next week. We will talk more shit to you. Yeah. All right. Until then. Bye. Bye.